Welcome to the Introvertpreneur Podcast. Take a breath because you are in the right place and you can finally stop apologizing for being an introvert. I'm Tara and I've discovered how to thrive as an entrepreneur while being 100% true to myself. Now I want to help you do the same. In these episodes, you're going to find everything you need to build a successful service-based business so you can stop competing with extroverts and grow and market your business with ease. Are you ready? Welcome back to another episode of the Introvertpreneur Podcast. I am joined today by Erin, who is a conversion copywriter and copy coach. She believes in the power of words and how a message can inform and even transform its intended audience, which I really love for introverts. I think the power of words for us is so beneficial to really hone in on and focus on. So welcome, Erin. I'm so excited to have you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. And I agree. I feel like I didn't recognize what introverts truly were until I realized I was one, if that makes any sense, which wasn't until I was older. I kind of fell into this trap like the media teaches us. Extroverts are like boisterous and excitable, which I am. (laughs) And uh, introverts are not. And they're shy and meek. And I think that is the farthest from the truth sometimes. So once I recognized that I was an introvert, I found that, well, how do I communicate best? A lot of the times it's in writing. Like I need like an extra second to kind of sit with my thoughts. And, you know, the output that I can get is so much clearer and much more concise when I take that time to use my words and kind of get the point across that I'm trying to make versus just verbally word vomit on people (laughs) because I don't have that brain space to be able to give me that pause to sit and get those words out correctly. Yeah, that's a powerful thing. I think that's why I love Voxer coaching and Voxer office hours so much is because I can take a minute to really think about what somebody is saying or asking without having to respond immediately on a group call. (laughs) Absolutely. I agree. So tell us a little bit more about your story and how you got started in this business as a copywriter. Sure. So I had no plans to be a copywriter in in my early professional days. I originally thought I was going to be teaching creative writing in colleges. I went to uh, school for my bachelor's and then I went straight, not straight into an MFA program, but eventually I went into a master of fine arts program in creative writing, which is a terminal degree because there was previously no PhDs in creative writing. So Once in the program and also after the program, I recognize it is extremely hard to get into the types of college teaching jobs where you actually make a lot of money. Sure, I could get an adjunct job, but they pay so poorly. So I thought to myself, well, what am I going to do now? I mean, like this changes everything. I could write books, but I'm also cognizant of the book writing process and how long it can take from like a fiction standpoint. So I had done a lot of marketing work on and off with the types of businesses that I was working with. And personal blogging back in the days was like a thing, you know, like you wrote about like what you did during the week. It was like uh, lots of surveys to fill out. I had one of those. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. So I had really been in the whole personal blogging world. And one day I saw a job advertisement when I wasn't looking for a job for a managing editor who would work for a business that focused on SEO marketing. 
So they wanted someone who was a writer who would be able to write content for medium-sized businesses that would attract new leads to their business. And I thought, well, I think I can do that, right? Like I'm already blogging, which let me tell you, personal blogging is very different from like professional content marketing. But it was a great shift to be able to go and work in that company, learn everything I needed to know about SEO. This was a long time ago. So I grew a lot since then and started writing for really huge brands like Fortune 50, Fortune 100 companies. But when I brought my own business online, let's say, or when I really kind of like went in full time as a business owner, I recognized that a lot of my peers had no clue what they were doing when it came to marketing. While at the same time, I had no clue what I was doing when it came to starting a business, right? And I had just a lot of empathy where I wanted to help people that I met in Facebook groups better their websites or be able to claim who they were, let's say be more authentic in their messaging. So I shifted from working with those really immense brands to doing more copywriting work, still focused in SEO, but working with a lot of small businesses who don't have those huge marketing budgets and don't have marketing teams like the big guys do. You are definitely speaking my language. I think (laughs) SEO and copywriting for introverts and getting that organic traffic and warm leads coming to you. That is where introverts shine. And I mean, that's such a better use of our energy than trying to force ourselves to show up on social media. I completely agree. And I'm going to throw some air quotes on what I'm going to say, but like this big, bad online business world that we're all existing in right now, I think it teaches us that we have to show up in a way that is really kind of present for extroverts, right? Like we have to do reels. We have to do lives. We have to put ourselves out there by like showing up in communities on video. And a lot of introverts feel uncomfortable really being front and center in those ways. It's not that they couldn't. Of course they could. And maybe depending on the opportunity, that's great for them. But I think that when we look at effective long-term marketing, one, we want it to be lasting long-term. SEO is great for long-term marketing. It's going to give you those wins now, potentially, and very longer into the future where you won't get those kind of things like creating reels for your business. But it takes all of that pressure away. Like you don't have to show up and be someone that you're not, right? You don't have to be performative as a business owner if you're an introvert. You literally just need to be yourself when it comes to writing great content for your business. I love that you said that about performative because that's how I always felt reels were. <laughs> and I'm yeah. like, I know extroverts thrive with that, like their energy, it works for them, which is great, but I'm not somebody who's going to get on a reel and dance or lip sync or point at things that aren't there. It just feels so awkward. I agree. I know I should probably get to this at the end, but Mm -hmm. I really want to get into it because I think it's so beneficial. So testimonials. I know you have the testimonial toolbox. I have it. I think it's amazing. I love testimonials for introverts. I think I still tend to struggle to ask for the testimonial. And that's totally fine and totally normal. (laughs) Even though I studied testimonials for a long time in order to prepare to make the course, I am imperfect in my own testimonial asking, right? So one thing before we even talk about using them is like, everyone, grant yourself some permission right now to learn in your experience of asking for testimonials and some grace for like not previously getting testimonials in the way that you think you should for your business. Yeah. I just had a past client like a week ago, email me and ask for, they were having issues with their website that I designed. And I was like, I still have my account, so I'll just log in and do it. And 
I recorded a loom video. It actually took me 30 minutes to do it, but I was like, oh, I'm just going to do it for her. And then she was like, I need to pay you for this. I'm so sorry. This took 30 minutes. I thought it would be quicker, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no need. Don't worry about it. But I'd love a testimonial if you're willing. <laughs> I was like so proud of myself for asking because normally I'd just be like, oh, it's all, it's okay. Yeah, Don't worry no. about it. <laughs> well, and especially when we work with people we've worked with them on a project and then some time has gone by. I think the anxiety people feel to go back to the client, even if the relationship was great, like even if they loved working with you, you had a great type of communication with each other. You look back at these projects and you're like, that was a year and a half ago. Like, do they <laughs> even remember me? Yes, of course they remember you. It's just that we create these blocks for ourselves where we're especially introverts, right? testimonials mean you have to put yourself out there and go in for the big ask, right? Like you need someone else to do something for you so that you can have a great social proof for your business. But I think when we put ourselves in the shoes of the consumer, the consumer who's gotten a great client experience, we understand that our client's want to celebrate us. They want to shout from the rooftops how much they enjoyed working with us. But when you're staring at a blank page and you're not really sure what to write about an experience, that's where the disconnect is between the service provider or someone who's selling products and their clients are. It's that the clients don't know what exactly to say about the experience and the business owners feel anxiety about asking them to say something. I just got some trees taken down in my yard as an example, and I loved working with the landscaper who did it. He was really great spirits, really nice guy. He made us feel very comfortable. These were like 120 feet trees. And even in that moment, like I thought to myself, well, what am I going to say on like his social media pages? Like, good job with those trees, bud. Right. <laughs> but... I wanted to sing his praises because it was one of the best experiences I had working with like a home improvement contractor, you know, in the landscape world. So I thought to myself like, okay, well, what stood out to me in this experience? And like I just mentioned, a lot of it was his attitude. He made us feel comfortable. He made us feel safe. I felt like he was an expert because he had the answers to my questions right away. That is the testimonial. So if we think of ourselves as the consumer, I think we can like feel more confident to ask because we know that we'd want to say nice things if we were the one getting the service. And then if you're tasked with giving a testimonial, think about those moments that really like stood out to you or how you felt about the experience and start from there. I love that. And I think like with testimonials, they're so beneficial with not just getting the social proof and being able to use it, but also for your messaging. Like you yeah. now have a happy, satisfied client or student's words that you can use in your messaging and in your copy, which is very valuable. It is. And one of my absolute favorite things to do is to turn testimonials into case studies. And there's many different ways you can do this. If you have the time or the financial investment, you could do full interviews with previous clients and like storify the experience. But even if you don't, you can take just the few sentences that they may have shared with you for the testimonial and you tell your own story. Like, why did this business come to you? What were you able to offer them? And then insert the testimonial throughout the case study that you create because case studies are like the bigger 
brother of a testimonial, right? Like not only is it that one sentence or really cool stat that we're sharing on like a clip of our website or in a social media post, this is a full story of the entire experience. And it lets our leads who haven't worked with us before kind of get a glimpse of what was important, what was the process like, how we lived up to what we're saying we're going to do on our services pages, on our sales pages. And you have the opportunity for SEO with case studies. There's multiple different approaches when it comes to keywords, but it could be like an industry keyword if you're trying to serve more clients in that specific industry. It could be the type of service you offer or the product you offer. So I always like to encourage people like, don't stress yourself out. Obviously, you can start with just the testimonial, but if you have the bandwidth or you have the financial or time investment to turn it into something more, Just go for it because it's going to serve you so well. Yeah, I actually just read as an example of that, Jordan Gill from System Save Me for her Done in a Day program. She realized that a lot of the people who signed up for the program and converted were in the OBM industry. So she reached out to past people who've gone through the program that were OBMs for an interview and actually set that up as a lead magnet where people could hear from four different people's experiences in their niche. So somebody who's an OBM who's thinking about possibly offering a VIP day and is considering the program, that is an awesome way to share real stories and real transformations of an offer, which I found that really fascinating. And she did say that that really improved their last launch by doing that for the first time. So, well, it's so smart because not only do you see like, oh, this is what it would be like to do a VIP day. And we all know now there's so many different industries or types of service providers that can offer very incredibly niched VIP days. But when you know that there's this bucket of people that are doing exactly what you are doing or what you want to be doing, Think about how easy it is to convert on that because you're making them imagine what it could be like for them in a very concrete way. So I completely agree. And I love the idea that it was a lead magnet like that was pretty genius. It's not just the social proof. It's not just for I don't know if it's on her site, so I can't say SEO for sure, but it could be right. But it's also part of the funnel that she's doing to get people into her entire marketing world. Yeah. And I really love that too, because I'm all about as a multi-passionate segmenting my email list and my audience. And now having that as a lead magnet, she knows anyone who signed up for this is probably in the online business manager space. So you can really tailor and craft your emails towards that niche and industry. Super smart. I agree. And then, you know, if you have any other things in the future, maybe it's not VIP specific. Maybe she decides she wants to have some really making up Jordan Gill's like (laughs) business plan at the point. But 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 think about how we can build on the things we have. So she has this program that teaches them how to do VIP days. Well, maybe she does like a client experience package, like helps them set up their special OBM proposals or templates for emails to send, like as a tiny little upgrade that they can have. Who does she send it to? That entire group, right? So like there are ways we can build on our launches and market to the people who have already purchased from us without having to do any more work or doing any more sourcing or ads or things like that, because we already have those really nurtured clients and leads in our own email platforms. I'd love to hear a little bit more about your thoughts around letting your personality shine as an introvert, especially in your website copy. I struggled with this for years. I don't want to be the one to talk myself up or like, it's really hard to showcase who you really are. And 
I think it's such a powerful thing when you do finally figure that out and are able to communicate it in an effective way on your website. But for anyone who's like, oh, I really struggle. I'm boring. I hear that a lot. I'm boring. I don't know how to include my personality in my copy. What are your thoughts around that for anyone who's feeling like that? I think there's really two different answers to this question. So I'll give the like what those two quick things are and we can kind of talk more about them if you want. But one is showcasing expertise, right? That's not really the personality part. It's the how can I step into the shoes as the expert? Because introverts especially, I think have a lot of anxiety around showing up with feeling like they're being too modest or whatever, right? Like they don't want to claim all of that expertise that they have, or they feel like they don't have enough expertise. So there's the situation of expertise, but there's the personality part. I think their misconception is that in order to have personality, you have to be like boisterous, which is Absolutely not the case. One of my earliest business friends ended up being so well known, and this is going to sound silly, for her love of bacon. But what (laughs) happened was she just chatted about it a lot or like sometimes it would come up in a joke and it wasn't anything she forced. It was just something that she kind of discussed, but it ended up becoming known in that there would be a bacon meme and people would tag her. Like So (laughs) automatically, she just became someone that people knew not from much effort on her own part, but just because she was like kind of claiming something that she loved, right? Now, do we all have to talk about bacon? Absolutely not. There are so many different ways we can do this, though. I think it's kind of figuring out where you feel safe and where you feel comfortable and what level of privacy you want as well. I have three children. I talk about them in general a lot, but I don't like to have them in my marketing if anything at all. I want them to have their own independent lives outside of my work. And that's important to me, right? So I know on my website, while I talk about being a work at home mom or homeschooling my kids or raising kids while working, I don't blast that on an about page. I don't put that in certain parts just because that's not where I want my marketing to go. But for me, there are some silly things that I talk about. I don't know why I'm saying food twice in this conversation. (laughs) I love pretzel bread and I have a really great pretzel bread recipe. And I think for me, which was so huge was during the pandemic, everyone's talking about bread making. And I went into this idea of making bread as if there was no way I was going to be able to accomplish this. Like I did not believe in myself. I was like, I see these recipes. They look easy enough. I'm never going to be able to make bread. And then one of my girlfriends, I made like an average easy loaf with my kids as like part of our little homeschool activity. But one of my girlfriends is like, oh, you should try this recipe. It's super easy. It's pretzel bread. And I was like, well, pretzel bread sounds exciting. The reason that I love it is because I proved to myself I could do it. Like it was easy. And then I like perfected pretzel bread. So I'm not, again, bringing up food twice, but it could be these little things that you talk about and they're part of your story. So me describing the whole pretzel bread experience, it's not just the food. It's not just that I like a salty bread. It's that I proved to myself I could do something that I didn't think that I could do. It's like, again, if I were talking about my kids, it's the activity of doing things with my children. It's the relationships you build. So I think that bringing this all around to your average question about personality, think about the things you like. Maybe you're a huge Shit's Creek fan and you want to like throw some memes up in your social media or in your emails with David, like making, like saying all the David things that he can say, right? Whatever it is, step into those shoes. And the last thing I really want to say about personality that I think is important is your personality can be dry and boring if that's your personality. Like, 
You don't have to post memes. You don't need to throw like sparkly emojis on things. You don't need to like take your brand photos with like 18 cups of coffee. If you are a serious person, one of my clients always says, I'm just like a college professor. Think of me like as a like stodgy old teacher. That's me. That's who I am in my life and business. And I'll never be anything other than that. Cool. Step into that role then, right? So when it comes to personality, I think it's really kind of like figuring out the true things that stand out for us in our lives that we're willing to bring into our business and stepping into those shoes. I love that. It's interesting because this week that we're recording this, I'm actually doing, this idea was born from Elizabeth Goddard. And I always say that because it's her idea where I'm doing like a, a week in my life. So I have a Google doc, I'm recording everything I'm doing. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so boring. But <laughs> but it's not for other people. Like that is the key here, right? Like we all like to think introverted or not, I'd say, but definitely introverts. We like to think that our lives are these average old things, but the minutia of our lives is very interesting to other people, right? So I joke about the 18 cups of coffee. If you see someone who talks about their love of like a dark brew all the time, and there's all these little things that you connect with, yes, they're just drinking coffee. Like we all recognize that. Even though it's part of so many people's brands, like it's not a huge thing. It's just something they talk about. It's something that they can bring back and other people can connect with because it's something that they care about or it's something that they think is funny or corny even, right? But we might not necessarily see the interesting in the story that we're sharing, in how we're stepping into our own messaging and branding. But the people who want to relate to you and care about you as business owners, they see the interesting. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I think a good thing that you can do is like think about the maybe five to 10 people that in whatever business space you're in that you actively follow and like consume all their content and look at some of the things they're sharing. It's probably really interesting to you, but if you really think about it, they probably think it's boring too. (laughs) Yeah, one exercise I like to do with my full done for you copywriting clients is I talk to them first about what are they jealous about their competitors for? Because every single one of my clients always say something like, I can't believe that their about page has so much personality. I have no clue how to say something like that. Or, oh, their homepage was fun. Like it directs them in these areas. It was really interesting. I could never do that. So we first start with what they're jealous about. But then I flip it. It's not necessarily competitor specific, but more industry specific. Like what drives you bananas about the industry you're in? And those two questions, I think, really answer some big like marketing gold that you get in the end, because you learn so much about those idiosyncrasies that you can use to like show that personality. I had a coaching client, well, this is a few years before the pandemic, where we talked about, again, what does she like about the coaching industry? What does she not like? And we found this piece of information that she didn't like, but she had so much anxiety. She's like, I don't want to come out and say that, right? Like, I don't want it to seem like I'm judging other people. So we just flipped it. We, we took a negative. We changed the language to say like, here's what I believe in. So it's all these things that like, you know, maybe someone was like, she didn't believe that they were doing. And then she flipped it to say, here's why I'm a great coach. So I think it's a great easy exercise that we can do, whether it's for our websites, or we can do this for things like how we do email marketing or social media marketing. What are the things that we admire? What are the things we're jealous of? And what are the things that drive us bananas? Because there's going to be a lot of stories in there. And a lot of things will stand out to you 
that you can kind of tie themes to and recognize those are the things that can show your own personality or your own story. I love that. I always, I still think I'm boring, but (laughs) no, (laughs) Um, I've definitely owned my personality a little bit more. I feel like in the last several years, finally, I think it goes back to kind of self-acceptance and not trying to change yourself. And then that's where everything kind of flows naturally. Yeah, I agree. And I just had a conversation with someone. It's slightly different, but I think it is easy to see how you can change your own opinion on things. My podcast just turned a year. And when I started my podcast, I mean, everyone's going to know this at this point because I just started telling the world about this. I chose to do an audio podcast over like a video YouTube channel because I literally did not want to get ready to be video camera ready. I'm like I said, I have kids at home dressing up in a sweatshirt could be fancy for me. (laughs) So I, I felt a lot of mindset about like not necessarily wanting to show my face because of not loving how I looked or how I felt about myself, even though I thought it was like a practical decision. But now a year in, I look back at all of these like video interviews that I did with people and I'm like, this is great content. Oh, my gosh. Like, wow, we're really hitting the point right here. Even in the interviews where I might have looked a little like I needed a nap, (laughs) even in those interviews, I don't judge how I look at all. The conversations ended up being so good that all I can think about is like, I got to get this up. Like I can take this and use this video clip for something else. So I just share that as like a little aside, because I think that we have our own fears or our own assumptions about ourselves when it comes to business. And if we work through them, we recognize when we're on the other side of the spectrum that it was just silly. Like those are just Mm -hmm. literally things to hold you back because putting yourself out there and like doing it, taking the action will give you the momentum to continue and keep going and the confidence to do it as well. I love that you shared that because I was just thinking this morning when I actually put makeup on, I don't wear makeup anymore. And years ago, I would not get on a Zoom call without having makeup on. I would not leave the house without makeup on. And then eventually I was just like, why am I doing this? It doesn't matter. Nobody else cares (laughs) as much as I think they do. (laughs) Absolutely. And we all do. We all do the exact same thing. We all judge ourselves. But no one is judging us. And I think for the most part, if we look at how do we view other people, I can say for certain, I am not looking at any of my business friends, my competitors, my clients and being like, you definitely could use some blush. You're looking a little (laughs) pale there, right? Like, it's just not something we do as the audience at large, right? But it's the fears we have in our own self that holds us back. Mm-hmm. That's so true. And yeah, it's it's freeing when you move past that fear because I mean, I go everywhere now without makeup. I think this is the first day I put makeup on in like two months. Yeah. And I only put it on today because I had four calls and I was like, yeah, yeah let's, let's try it out and see how it feels since it's been so long. Yeah, you did an excellent job. Excellent. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> awesome. So how can anyone listening get in touch with you or how can they work with you? Oh, this is a great question. I think the easiest way to do it, I mean, we're all listening to podcasts and you're in a podcast player right now, is just head on over to my podcast. It's called Talk Copy to Me. And yes, it's literally about copy, copywriting, marketing, messaging. So if you like podcasts, head on over there. But if you want to connect with me out of the podcast world, you can find me at my website, which is erinolillo.com. And I know that's a mouthful. So here's my plug for SEO that I don't think people consider. Google knows me. 
Okay. Like I'm going to, I'm going to be that person now where it's like, I'm stepping into the expertise. Like (laughs) Google can recognize if you spell my name wrong, it's going to still direct you to me. Why? Because I've put in the SEO effort and I've kind of trained Google to know like, yes, Aaron is the copywriter. Aaron is the top copy to me (laughs) host, right? Those are obviously like the tiniest needs of SEO. But the beauty of that is, is if you are trying to be more visible in your business, little things like that are huge. If someone misspells your name, they're not going to go out of their way to like figure out how to find you on the internet if there's no links there. So yeah, I'll get off my soapbox there. Come to my website, find me on any social media platform, literally with my name, and I would love to get to know you and talk all things testimonials and copy and SEO like Tara and I are doing today. Awesome. Yeah, I will have all of your links in the show notes. So make sure you go check those out. We'll also link up Aaron's testimonial toolbox, which is an awesome resource. So if you want to start asking for more testimonials and using testimonials, definitely get that. I love it. I think it's amazing. Thank you. And yeah, I'm I'm definitely trying to prioritize asking for testimonials more and I'm trying to make it as like with one-to-one as automated as possible. So I don't even have to think about it. It's going to go out automatically. It's going to do a follow-up and I don't have to be the one to actually hit send and write the email. <laughs> Yeah. And I think people fear automation, but like testimonials are one of the easiest things to automate. You could literally send out an email with one question about a specific thing that you work together. Like, hey, I had a question. How did you feel about X, Y, Z? Like that's conversational. That's not please fill out this questionnaire Mm -hmm. that's (laughs) eight pages long with 18 million questions that are nonspecific, right? So there's a fear there, like take the time to automate, make it just like as part of the process. Maybe it's in the questionnaire that you're doing if you're a service provider, but make it as easy as possible for yourself. I love that. Yeah. Testimonials are amazing. Definitely utilize them, especially if you struggle with talking yourself up, let other people talk you up because you have some happy clients and students out there that would love to give you a testimonial. You just haven't told them how or asked for it. (laughs) Yes. A hundred percent. You're so right there. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. This was great. And we'll have all of your links. So everyone go check those out and make sure to connect with Aaron. Thank you, Tara. Thank you so much for joining me today. This episode may have ended, but there are ways we can stay in touch until next time. You can join me at theterrareed.com where you can find tons of blog posts and resources that will also help you grow your business. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram at introvertcoach, where I share more introvert-friendly and service-based business tips with you. If you love what you're hearing, drop a five-star rating and review telling me what you are loving about the podcast so that I can continue to encourage as many introverted entrepreneurs as possible. Until next time, keep using your introvert superpowers.